is a rare, an exceedingly rare Tuesday evening edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. We're having to deal with wrestling shows and football matches and all, all manner of rubbish just trying to get together so that we could do this show, but we had to make sure it happened, lads. We wouldn't just leave you hanging. Come on, you know better than that. Your old pals CSP, your old pals Barry, Joe, and Paul. We wouldn't leave you without a show for the week. I'm one of your hosts, by the way, the aforementioned Barry. Joined, as always, by the aforementioned Paul. Yeah, yeah. And the aforementioned Joe. Eh? We're, we're, we've come together here in the midst of all the football. All the football's happening. All of it, right? It's all happening. We suppose in uh, two hours here to do a little show talking about the wrestling and our lives um, for you to watch uh, the next time there's a few hours between the football uh, in uh, I don't know, a couple of days. Um, so uh, how's it going, Lance? How's, how's life treating you? We're all very busy lately, obviously. That's why we're doing this on a Tuesday. How's, uh, how's life, how's World Cup season treating you boys? It's good. It's good. I'm watching... Oh, I, oh. sorry, i got the game on at the moment. Oh, is um, there, I didn't even know there was one on now. Who's playing now? Russia and Egypt. Uh, Russia 1-0 up after a comical own goal. Uh, so, yeah. Qu- bit of a coincidence that Russia got drawn against probably three of the easiest teams in this tournament. Weird. Oh, Weird. Weird. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting. Um, yeah, but it's been good. Just watching the old footy and uh, waiting for it to come back on when it's not on. What are you, Paul? Yeah, I've been watching a bit of the footy as well. I'm on the nine to six shift at work though this week, so I'm only getting to see the late games. Ooh. Uh, which wasn't too bad. England, obviously, yesterday. Which uh, me and Joe will get into during World Cup guff, I'm sure. Um, got one of my new jerseys today in the post. A uh, little Brazil jersey with Neymar on the back. Uh, real? Uh, real in so far as it was made by the same little Chinese hands that makes the real ones. Um, oh. I, did, I bought it from a Chinese website. So in a way... You're bad, right? Because pirate, con- you know, counterfeit. On the other hand, yeah. on the other hand, I'm not paying the big bad corporations who pay zero point zero zero two dollars in Jersey, giving the yeah. money directly to the to the Chinese. It's so, like cats. Yeah, there you go, lads. Supporting the local uh, shops. Well, well, I don't think the workers get any more. It's probably it's probably going to the local Chinese fat cat. But. Yeah, well. Still an improvement, am I right? <laughs> we're getting there, we're getting there eventually. <laughs> um, it's really nice, real comfy, looks real in that. Pro- I don't know whether, see, I don't know whether it's like counterfeit or is it just stolen off the back of a like truck. Like, I don't know, but I'm happy with it. And it, it, I have two more on the way. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, the Brazil jersey showed up two days after the Brazil game, so. I didn't have the lucky jersey. Brazil didn't get the win there. Yeah, and, I think that was uh, it. I think that's probably what it was. Um, not that they were like not. It, they basically played the game like Mike Jackson fought CM Punk, where they 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 were so superior they they just kind of started taking the piss. Uh, but then they conceded the goal, <laughs> and then it was like too late to win again. So 
uh, bit of a shame there, Brazil, really. Um, anyway, I think the CSP team, I think our our official team of support's got to be England, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. One, one major part of the, the group is from England, so I, I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, mean, you know, I mean, I think some of us object to that. Well, let, let's hey. put, put aside the history of... Oh! Russia. To to hell. Oh. Forget uh, about To Hell or To Connacht and all that, and, and all the Protestant <laughs> cathedrals in one. Dublin. Um, I, I don't know what that is. spinning about 100 miles an hour in his grave as we record this. <laughs> hey, hey, come on. We've lent you many great English players over the years, like I, Phil Babb. <laughs> and John Aldridge and Mick McCarthy Andy Townsend exactly so yeah, come on Mark yeah, yeah. Lawrence um, so this is playback Tyler Bate yeah yeah exactly and then, yeah, yeah. And then, you know yeah so come on England um, also did I mention I love Meghan Markle brilliant <laughs> who oh yeah her and um Queen and the Queen, the Queen of England, love the Queen, Queen of England, Meghan Markle. Mm. Now nah, she's gone, she's gone, the Queen's gone. Meghan Markle now, Meghan Markle is the new Queen. She's taken over. So we'll uh, we'll cheer on England in in a non uh, Tommy Robinson way, of course. I won't, I won't be painting the <laughs> Saint George's flag in my face and shouting at foreigners, but um, <coughs> that's my job actually, though a little bit. Um, <laughs> so come on, England. Are there any? Are there any chance we should learn for the England team? Um, there's it? one that starts with no surrender, but I'd probably best not teach you that one. Um, there's, you know, three lines on the shirt. Three lines on the shirt. Um, God save the queen yeah. is a good one as well. Yeah. No, I don't like that one. Uh, Vindaloo. Vindaloo. Um, Vindaloo. We all love Vindaloo, so I think that's something we can all get on board with. Absolutely. English, Irish, or you know, Chinese. Who doesn't love a Vindaloo? Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then just England, England, England. Just kind of repeat that until you, you, it fades out. So, yeah, it's good. Good stuff. So what did you make of the England game out of interest? Um, it's hard to judge because it's so nerve-wracking that you can't really okay. evaluate it kind of impartially. So you, I have really no idea whether they played well or not. Um, I think I felt like they did. I mean, they had... Eight shots on target or something. I think they started really well. I think the first half yeah, hour, yeah. they were... I mean, you had the one where Sterling, instead of kicking the ball into an open goal... Oh! Jesus Christ. Goal? 3-0 Russia. Oh, fucking hell. Um, instead of scoring, Sterling would just, just fell over. Um, and obviously had Lingard hitting the post yeah. then. Like, the first half, yeah. England looked really good. And then from the moment that Tunisia equalised, England just kind of forgot how to attack and I, th- I can't think of aside from the goal obviously at the end I can't think of like a chance England had in the second half they, they were very they're like United when United are at their worst where they're just completely toothless mm-hmm. going forward and Southgate I think he said something afterwards about how like it's not about changing the the formation necessarily when things are going wrong it's mm-hmm. about changing the profile of the player I, I can't understand why when you need a goal don't throw on Vardy. Loftus cheek instead, please. Um, um, you want to keep the same balance of the team, I think. I mean, 
Tunisia, aside from their goal, offered no threat going. I don't know why, because England essentially started with three, three at the back, kind of veering on five at times because they had Trippier on and and Young, Trippier and Young on the wings. I don't know whether you need to be that defensive really against Tunisia, do you? Like they were bombarded them at the start um, for the first half yeah. hour, as I said, but then they just kind of the game almost slowed to a crawl towards the end, and England, although they won, and that's kind of the important thing. And, you know, they'll take that momentum on. There was kind of a little air of they got away with it, you know? I mean, that being said, England could have had two or three penalties. Uh, yeah. Kane just being wrestled to the ground on a few occasions. And, and no one no one wants to see Kane being wrestled. Not these days. <laughs> um, no, you're right. They, In my way, they deserve to win, but then they also were lucky to win. So it's... A- a bit of a paradox, so it kind of evens but... itself out in a way. Yeah. So you know, it's good. It's good. It's good to get that first win. I, I think, think if it had been a draw, you know, you'd have had everyone going, "Oh, same old shit." Well, for and a while, it it, it's, for a while, it looked like that. that that's yeah. kind of what my takeaway was: is that it's it's a victory, which is obviously the important thing. But, but they will you know, need to book up their ideas Paul, for Belgium. Paul, yes, Paul, Drew. Goals, goals change games. Quite literally, in this case. Very literally, draw change win. So yeah. you know, really good winning goals. Though. Yeah, it's Flick, very nice. Into the near post, very good. Very uh, nice. That being said, Belgium looked really good. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how they go on against those. Yeah, well they'll beat Panama and then be through. So I'm, uh, but... yeah, okay. World okay. Cup, boom. Keep an eye out for England. And obviously Germany lost. Uh, yeah. Spain, Spain, Portugal, best match so far. Um, with some Ooh, that was good outstanding match. goals in that one. Uh, that France just about won as well. Brazil drew. So I tell you what, the way the results are going, there might be some strong teams finishing second in their groups. So actually England finishing second might be might be the, the, the in through the back door where they'll avoid quite a lot of the tougher teams. Yeah, mind that. Barry, have you been watching the World Cup, lad? Um, uh, it was on in the pub before Contenders on Sunday. I saw one of the lads do a really nice free kick. Okay. Uh, do you know what, what, t- what, what teams are you? Are you watching? Serbia was in the match. I don't remember if they did the goal. Serbia. Uh. Oh, Serbia were playing. Who the fuck was that playing? No, Mexico was Germany. Mm. Serbia were playing. Uh, were uh, Cost- Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. I don't know which one scored the goal, but it was very nice. Um, and that's yeah. Yes. All right. That's Barry's World Cup input. Very good. There you go. There's World Cup golf. Uh, um, so uh, let me see here. What else we got here on uh, the uh, agenda? I got a new telephone this week. New old telephone Ooh, device. Hello. Um, got me a Google Pixel Two. Right. Is Adam Sandler in that? Uh, <laughs> it's actually you know, they couldn't get him, so it's just Kevin James. Uh, so I'm like, okay, Google, he's like, oh, wow, what can I get you? I'm walking here. Um, <laughs> good Kevin James impression. 
Yeah, I don't even think he's from New York, but whatever. Um, but he did that show King of Queens, you know. That's 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 what I'm working that's on. True. One thing of his, I've seen that show from 15 years ago. I don't think I've ever seen a Kevin James movie. Uh, Hitch. I'm pretty lucky. Oh wait, I have seen Hitch. That's yeah, right. I've seen Hitch as well. It's all right. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so I had to get it uh, uh, flown in special uh, contraband sent via uh, uh, a parcel motel because for some reason it's not distributed by any shops in Ireland. None of the networks carry it. So I had to buy it sim free from the UK. <sighs> but um, yeah, it's good. Sexy little phone. Takes pictures. Goes on the internet and all that. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? Uh, camera? First phone, got a camera on it? Oh, go, go, got a camera. You better put camera phone. a front-facing one as well um, for the old selfies. Very nice. Yeah, don't avoid turning that on. <laughs> Oh, have you ever, lads? Right? Have you, ever the, have you ever, have you ever unlocked the phone? Right? Front face. Oh no, not my face. Um, <laughs> that happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it Shit. is. It's, <laughs> it is my uh, first telephone without an, a headphone jack. Ooh. Um, one of these modern doohickeys where it's all done via the Bluetooth. They uh, they give you a little gimmick in the box that's like plugs into the charger port and it, it supplies a, a headphone jack. But fuck that! I I just I, I committed to the to some wireless headphones. Uh, Scott McAvoy was was helping me with that. He approved of the phone purchase. He also approved of the uh, 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 the, the wireless earbuds. Um, so so yeah, getting all technological. But um, other than that, kind of been a. Uh, uh, business as usual uh, uh, during the week to be honest I kind of migrated um, to a wireless headset recently as well I was kind of tired of the the earbuds just breaking on me all the time so I got a nice uh, pair mm. of JVC wireless headphones they're great yeah they, I, 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 I don't miss one of, one of the things I've immediately noticed and my old phone could do this as well obviously you know, every, every phone for the last 10 years has Bluetooth but now that I've now that it's kind of forced my head and I'm fully committed to having the wireless ones not having it get tangled up all the time and, and breaking and you know having to replace them and all this other stuff like wireless headphones are, are definitely the way to go I, so I really I'm, don't mind just not having a cable hanging down in front of me going into my pocket a lot of the time or if I'm if I'm in the kitchen doing something, I could just leave the phone on the table and walk around and yeah, very liberating, very freeing, very liberating. Yeah, so that's mm. um, so that's that's that. And uh, other than that, yeah, I mentioned there uh, uh, contenders. I went to contenders on 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 Sunday. The OTT sort of uh, trainee brand. Uh, it was good. It was uh, one of the. I was actually going to say one of the weaker. That's probably not fair. It, it was kind of the first OTT show in a while where there was like a couple of matches on it that were like kind of. Uh, tug on on the collar of your shirt, um, uh, ugly. Um, Bowling shoe. But overall, ugly. yeah, there was, um, and they were one of them uh, was. Uh, I don't think I don't think you saw either of these lads actually because they debuted on the last show that you were not at. Uh, the Armstrongs versus Rough Stuff. Right. Well, um, Rough Stuff, Rough Stuff is one of the guys from the Body Bros. Is in that right? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of the yeah, it's it's one of them and a guy I've never heard of. They were at the last show. They were all right. They faced the Armstrongs, who were also all right on the last show, but they did not have a good match together. Um, uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of ugly. And then there was the uh, there was a a sort of a, a Rev Pro contender, for lack of a better term, a, a young guy from England who's like on the Rev Pro trainee uh, scene. He came over and he was supposed to face Michael May. 
right. but he's injured. So uh, your man Ingo, he opens the show saying, oh, he's injured, but don't worry, folks, we never let you down. And a lot of us gave a sort of nervous look at each other. Uh, <laughs> and, they re- and they replaced him with uh, Curtis Murray. Um, uh, you, well, you've, been out, you've been outspoken in your Curtis Murray view lately. I have, and this this match. So you, I, you couldn't really get a read on this this uh, Dan McGee guy because he seemed he seemed all right, but he was obviously this was not the match he came over here to have because it seems like he would have meshed quite well with Michael May because Michael May does the Britishy kind of uh, 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 grappling, sure. And they they just ended up kind of having a really heatless kind of Curtis match. Um, I tell you what, they do. They have been kind of pulling back on Curtis a little bit and kind of showcasing some of the other young lads as of late. I, I think that's, I mean, obviously, as you said, I've been, you know, I've, I've been spoken out, but I think that's probably the best. I think he's been, uh, he's been outshined by more than hype and Michael May and Scotty Davis and even, even Terry Thatcher, who's been wrestling for 13 years, you know, they've, um, uh, uh, they've they've gone in some other directions, and I think I think the people they've gone with have delivered way more consistently. Uh, but anyway, we're not going to get into the, into that too much here. Other than that, I mean, I, the only reason I mentioned those two matches is because it is so unusual. You'd kind of have a back to back one two punch of matches that aren't that great. No see. Other than that, it was a really fun show. Really appreciated it. Um, they did have a women's match. I'll say that. Um, Good. And it was actually it was actually pretty solid. So so fair play to them. Um, you know, baby steps. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was that. And then it was just, you know, your typical kind of OTT day. Went up on the morning, came back the evening. Uh, and there you go. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot else going on on the old life golf front. Uh, what about you, lads? Any non-World Cup life golf you wanted to mention? Um, uh, I completed my World Cup sticker album. With no help from me, unfortunately. Ooh, Sorry about that, too. With absolutely no help from Paul. Me and oh, jo- why? Why not? Why not? Why not? Joe and I couldn't figure out how to do trade. It's not <laughs> obvious how to trade with your own team, to be honest, which is a bit but of a... You'd imagine that's one of the core features. Yeah. It seems like it is. So. It seems like it's built into it, but we just could not work it out. Well, it's literally in the trade area. You can either create a trade with, like, the general anonymous public or with your team, but then I don't know how it works. Oh, great. Anyway, anyway great. I got the 100%. Very good. Who was your last sticker? Do you remember? Um, penultimate was Neymar. Ooh. And the final one was Deli Ali. Ah, so I think they'll probably Deli Ali will probably win the Golden Ball uh, because of that. Mm. Uh, my, my last one was vicious, man. Roman Torres of Panama. I think. <laughs> Centre back. No, I don't oh. think I have any other major things to report. Got the Brazil jersey, obviously. Um, a few movies to talk about coming up, obviously. Yeah, lovely. Not anything major apart from that. I think, what do we do at the weekend? Oh, food review, food guff time. We okay, had, here we go, yeah, yeah. We had Wow Burger for the first time this week. Oh, I also, I snuck in a, I didn't get the burger. I just got the chips, the garlic chips, just but I, I did sneak those in before the um, before the old contenders. What did you make of it, and what did you get? Uh, we just got um, burger. So same, we essentially got the same that we would get in Bunsen, because I wanted it to be kind of a direct comparison. Um, I I thought it was fine. Um, 
Natty was not impressed. I think it's a huge step down from Bunsen, for example. Um, it was okay. Um, I think the chips were pretty good. I like the. Did you get the garlic butter chips? No, I just got normal chips. I, I'm not. Oh, I'm not big on garlic, oh, to be honest. But it's the oh, but it's like it's like oh, it's like going to what? With garlic, just would have been oil with garlic on top. Oh, lads! It's like going for what's it? The bountiful steak. Bountiful cow. The, the big and not cow. getting a steak. Mm-hmm. And not getting a steak. It's like wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, fucked it. You didn't take my advice. I told you the burgers weren't going to be as good as Wow Burger because they're not. I mean, as uh, Bunsen because they're not. I, I don't, I don't rate their burgers. Um, yeah. The effing chips, I'm Paul, you, you fucked it, pal. You've absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was okay. Well, it didn't blow me away. I have it towards. I, mean, I, 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 I hate paying for an underwhelming burger in Dublin because it's still like fifteen quid. Well, yeah, it's, it's still very expensive. Is the problem? Um, yeah. The location is very good. That's the that's the one thing. I think Five Guys will be the next thing we try. We'll, we'll do the whole you burger spectrum. No, I've never had it. Okay, well, I think I think you will like that a lot. It's it's very very tasty. Okay. Um, and that that new one in the city center, I walked past it there at the weekend, and it seems like they they've got a good space there because the one in Dundrum is always absolutely insane, whereas this one is bigger, and it seems like it's it's uh, it's, uh less. Less doesn't take as long to just get your damn food. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, uh, I suppose we can uh, move along there to some telly guff. Uh, I believe you guys have been watching at the World Cup. Uh, what are we talking? Tell me a little <laughs> through the uh, uh, what's been going on there, uh, Russia. Well, yes, it's a uh, what we call a football tournament. Uh, oh. A little bit like the King of the Ring. But, uh, um, single elimination tournament. Long flat uh, hole for the Costa Ricans if they lose. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't watched any telly apart from the World Cup. So. Uh, I started a Netflix series that has a lot of our friends in a hubbub. Uh, the Staircase. Um which is a true crime documentary on Netflix, which is already ticking all of my boxes. Um, I believe it's about an American murder. I believe it's originally made by a French documentary crew, actually. Um, uh, and then I think Netflix, I think it's weird because I, I meant to like read up on this because I saw Jack mention something. I think it was produced separate originally for like some other television entity and then Netflix bought it and produced some additional episodes or something like that. But um, I have I've only watched the first episode, but very very intriguing. A good solid first episode establishing what happens. It's basically about a famous author or a somewhat famous author um, whose wife quote unquote fell down the stairs and her head was obliterated into a thousand pieces, um, uh, and, and insists that that's what happened and that he's innocent. But obviously there there appears to be more to the tale than that. Uh, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty good so far. But again, just one episode in. So um, so yeah, I'll probably update on that as we go. Uh, Paul, if you have no telly guff, we could probably segue into the game guff. Game guff. So, I think last time we spoke, Barry, it was like halfway through E3. Yes, pre-Ubisoft and Sony, I believe. Yeah. And And Nintendo as well, of course. Yeah. Uh, Or, if you just want to prefer, the Smash Brothers um, conference. 
because <laughs> that's all it was. Where they w- they went through in excruciating detail every minutia of Smash Brothers and how it works. <laughs> yeah, that was. That's mad. Well, Luigi, well that's it? the one. The one. The one good thing about the, the Nintendo conference was that uh, Waluigi, the deviant sex criminal, was left out of a game, which is good. <laughs> but um, that makes me, that makes me happy. But everything else about that conference sucked. So, but Barry, Star Fox has a new hat in it. Oh, he's got a new hat. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like not only do I not care about about Smash Brothers, but also like nothing else they announced interests me either. I was yeah, it was definitely a weaker one from. Maybe the previous years. I was expecting some like interesting ports, and there really kind of wasn't. Um, yeah. Sony, I thought, was quite poor as well. The the games, very good, but I don't know what they were thinking with like the half an hour intermission in the center of it. It really, it, it really was what people have been saying about them for the last year, which is that they they've they've just gone completely up their own arse because they're so successful. <laughs> Um, which is kind of what they did at the beginning of the PS3. Generation yeah, that was well. the, that was kind of their their failing at the start of the PS3 was there in that exact same mindset. Uh, that being said, the, the games look good, um, and I will play them. I don't know, Ghost of Tsushima. Weirdly enough, I thought it looked a bit generic. Like the, aside from the setting, there's nothing about how it like looked or played that wowed me. Death Stranding, I'm interested in, but I have this fear that it's it's gonna turn out to be like super dull <laughs> for whatever reason. I think they're gonna be so over the top with the story that the gameplay will just be kind of uninspired. Last of Us looks really good. Uh, Spider Man, I I kind of think I need to see more of that, but I'm optimistic. Then there really wasn't much else. I think that the uh, they put out. I, I yeah, I wasn't blown away by what they showed at E3, but like immediately afterwards, and it's it it's it's up as a standalone thing. Uh, there's like ten minutes of just straight Spider-Man gameplay, like swinging around the city, getting into fights, and then doing a mission that culminates in a boss battle. Um, and it's way more impressive because it yeah. looks like actual gameplay. They've got they've got like button prompts on there. Hey, look, seeing the game actually in motion in a non heavily staged E three way is actually kind of more impressive because it really does look as slick and cool as they made it. So yeah, I was kinda of like you. I kinda of looked at that trailer where they just had a bunch of villains show up. I was like, eh, okay, whatever, weird thing to end on. Yeah. And then I watched that. If it, I think it's on their official channel. If you just if you just search uh, Spider Man E three, I'm sure. Well the thing is since the conference I'm I'm trying to kind of not expose myself too much to these games. Too much of it, right. So right. I I I'm kinda of wait I'm I'm gonna buy Spider Man, I'm gonna play it, but I'm gonna isolate myself from seeing too much of it before it comes out um and the one thing i think the sony conference missed was like like the microsoft conference that kind of surprise at the end you know it was just like okay and there's spider-man bye everyone (laughs) i was like but wait where's the where's the kind of last shock like you know cyberpunk on the microsoft conference they just kind of didn't have one and i kind of think like you know e3 in a way is a bit like the royal rumble in that, like, you can have a real solid Royal Rumble, but you gotta have a few, like, surprises in there. One or two big things that people say, oh my god, do you remember when that lad come out? Diesel come out. And they kind of, they had a 2003 Royal Rumble press conference where it was good, but there was, like, no surprises on it. And that was that's inevitably a little bit disappointing. Um, Ubisoft, yeah, Assassin's Creed looks just like Origins, so I'm on board with that. Um... So speaking of games that are out currently, I completed God of War's main story finally. Ah, yes. It's extremely good. One of my favorite games on P- 
PS4, which is kind of funny given that in previously I was kind of not even going to play it. I was I I wasn't really grabbed by it until I started playing it. That's a silly thing for me to have said. So I'll go back and cancel all those times where I was like God of War. But uh, yeah, it's great. It's it's an extremely good game with one of the best stories I think in quite a while. Yes, and one of the yeah. best uh, relationships between Kratos and and his son. Uh, and it's crazy because where you are at the start of the game to where you are at the end of the game, it's like a proper character arc, and it's really really satisfying. Um, mm. That being said, I am not going to platinum it. And where I've stopped is where I'm stopping. I'm I'm not going to go back to it. Um, so I did play a bit of uh, the Mist area, Niflheim or whatever it's called. Yes. And I yeah. I did do a bit of um, what's the fire one called? Muscle uh, Muscle Lime. Whatever Muslime. I did a bit of those. I'm not compelled to complete them because I've already kind of completed the main story. So there's no need for me to like get better armor or you know yeah I've done no, it already. No gear imperative yeah exactly um, no that's why yeah, yeah. i dipped into them i probably played each of them for like an hour and, and that was enough like i didn't complete all the trials and i didn't complete the uh i didn't complete either of them, but I, I played them enough to kind of get what they were and i was like yeah this isn't for me yeah they're there if you want more of it but i yeah i i got to the top of the fireplace and i did an hour or so of the fog places like this is cool but i've 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 had my fill i finished the game so i'm done you know i finished the game i finished uh pretty much all the favors there's probably a couple that i didn't beat but you know i i definitely feel like i got my my fill of the game i i don't want to play it to the point where i like like with some like the two that we mentioned there the misplaced and the fireplace they, they are very grindy and i don't want to play yeah. the game to the point where i'm kind of resentful of like oh, i'm still stuck on this game while i could be playing other games like i've beaten the story I beat the majority of favors, and yeah, I I, I really really enjoyed it. Um, but now the time is to move on. <laughs> so uh, I'm really happy I played. I definitely have it in like my maybe top three favorite games on the console. Mm. Um, so having beat that, I then moved on to the South Park Fractured Butthole uh, DLC. Uh, they have two DLC packs out at the moment. One which is just kind of again grindy battles and then the other one which is like a full two hour story expansion uh, and I played that one to completion quite enjoyed it it is kind of lesser than what you get from the main game like it's not as funny not as interesting but uh, it's more effective and that's kind of all, all I wanted anyway and it, it, like I said it's quite short I beat it in one sitting in like two hours and uh, now I'm on Assassin's Creed Origins second DLC pack I already beat the first one uh, months ago, and I'm playing now Curse of the Pharaohs. And I tell you, Assassin's Creed Origins is so good. Uh, it's great. <laughs> to get, it's great to get back to it. Like whereas with God of War, I don't know what what quite the difference is, but God of War, although is also like is a, they they could they play quite similarly. You know, they're both third person action uh, adventure games where the trigger buttons are to attack. Like they're quite similar in that aspects, but for whatever reason. Assassin's Creed is a game that I can just play for hours, whereas God of War I kind of have to dip in and out of. I have I play for an hour and say, okay, I'm, I'm full. It's it, This game is too rich for me, whereas <laughs> Assassin's Creed is a lovely little um, 
thing of Pringles, you can just keep eating them. <laughs> you know? um, what an endorsement. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably about two, three, four hours into the Assassin's Creed DLC. And uh, it's big. It's like three times bigger than the first DLC pack. So I'll probably be on that for the next 15 or so hours. Is it a new like, physical map space? New physical map space, yeah. Both of the DLCs are. Um, the first DLC okay. pack is quite small, though. Uh, the the third or excuse me, the second DLC pack is probably the map is maybe between a third and a quarter of the size of the main game map. So it's like it's really big. I think it's got like four or five little sub sections of it, in the same way the the main game does. Super super fun though, and uh, it did take a little bit of adjustment going from God of War to Assassin's Creed because you are, you know you are the, you do have the key differences where it's like you know the Leviathan axe that you can throw and return and little things like the dodge button is square in Assassin's Creed and is X in God of War I think so little, little adjustments like that but like I got them pretty much immediately and I'm super enjoying it. good games yeah god I really need to kind of dust off the PS4 I, I briefly returned to Yakuza uh, last week because I was like if I take any more time off in this game i'm going to completely forget where i am and it's going to be one of those things where i'm tempted to, to restart it sure. um uh but I, I didn't put that much time into it it's just uh with e3 stuff going on then you had takeover i still haven't watched all the e3 stuff like giant bomb puts out so much content over e3 like i yeah. I, I try and watch as much of their stuff as well, i this can is, this is the first year for me that i've not really watched a lot of the coverage of it i just watched the conferences themselves and kind of made up my own mind about them um i i i really well like i make up my own mind but i really couldn't watch like the, the ea one like i couldn't watch that straight it's just it's so lifeless it was to be fair um, like i i don't uh, i don't look back at and like e3 overall and go like yeah that was worth taking days off work for but even um, the even the Sony one, it's like I got up. I I didn't. I couldn't watch it live because I had worked the next yeah, day. Yeah, Sony. I I was off work and I didn't stay up for it. Yeah, it's like it I I got up. I got up. Uh, I kind of set an alarm for work like slightly early, so I because I knew there'd be Last of Us gameplay, so I wanted to. So I got up. I watched that. I was like, okay, that was cool. And then for the actual thing, I watched the uh, sort of giant bomb alternate commentary on the actual press conference stuff, and I was so thankful I did because all that shit where they're killing time between venues and the musical acts, I was like, I could not. I couldn't watch this straight, like just now, uh, like on demand. But I absolutely could not have watched that live at like four a.m. Like, my God, what were they thinking? Um, but uh, yeah, so as a result, I haven't actually played a whole lot of games. I really want to kind of just finish these like Netflix series I'm watching and then get stuck back into yeah because I finished that. I want to. I don't want any half finished games hanging over me by the time like Spider Man comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, you got two and a half months so, yeah. to catch up. Yeah, I got I got two and a half months, but it's taken me a fucking long time to play everything. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll jump in to uh, movie golf uh, for this week. I saw a movie. Uh, I saw Hereditary, uh, which is the new hot, divisive indie horror movie. I guess indie is the word, kind of artsy, A24 distributed horror movie. Um, uh, It is extremely weird. It's very good. Uh, It is 
the tagline that they're running with all the posters, the the the, the critical buzzword they're using is one review said it was a modern day exorcist. Um which is something I would say is fair to say about it purely in terms of summarizing what it's kind of like, but I think it is a, a kind of ridiculous superlative in terms of saying it's actually as good as that. I don't think it's that good. Uh, but Hereditary is about a, uh, a woman whose mother was terminally ill and passed away, and uh, basically kind of the, the series of events following her passing away uh, uh, a, ser- a very uh, bizarre series of uh, supernatural seeming events that go on with her family. I want to keep it vague. I will stress if you, if like me, you kind of just have heard the buzz about this but didn't see the trailer before the film. I would keep it that way. I watched the actually I saw clips of the trailer on the half in the bag episode. I watched half in the bag after I saw the film, and just like again, just you know the modern trailer problem. There's all like so much surprise shit that happens in the film is in the trailer to the point where it's like. If I saw this trailer and then I saw the film, like when I when I saw certain scenes coming in, and in terms of hey, here are these two characters in this location, uh, there's like a swerve at one point that's in the trailer, and it's like I would know it was coming if I watched it. It's so avoid that if at all possible. But uh, it's it's really good. It's really weird. It is surprisingly um, uh, conventional in its conclusion. Um, there's some kind of weird stuff. Uh, going on in the film, but they there's a lot of uh, they plant some seeds early on. It can go in, it can go in a lot of different directions, and the direction it ends up going is not the most stimulating. They 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 kind of go for the more conventional horror movie conclusion uh, to it, which I was not enamored with. So the ending is a bit of a is a bit of an old uh, Paul Griffin love most of the film, but the ten ah, minutes look at you doing my sticks. <laughs> I did your I did your thing because it's like I, I mentioned this. I was discussing this in the in the review thread with Jack and the others. It, it's it's kind of Babadook esque for the vast majority of the film, where there's the family dynamic is kind of the very unsettling thing. There's a lot of problems in 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 the family unit um, uh, that are obviously driving the 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 horror, and obviously the supernatural things are kind of just manifestations of that. And without getting too spoilery, the second half of the film is a little bit more literal in the sense that it's like, no, there's actual supernatural stuff happening. And, you know, one can still be the allegory for the other, but it does not stick the landing the way the Babadook does. I'll say that much. But um, uh, it's very, very cool. I I do think you will like it for the most part. It's it's, it's very, very cool. And it's it's fucking weird. It is extremely weird. uh, And it is mercifully... Uh, jump scare free. I don't think there is a single jump scare in the whole film. Um, it is. It is a. It is not that kind of horror, which is always refreshing. But it's still. It's still creepy. Yeah, hereditary. Uh, uh, hereditary. A thumbs up and a recommendation. Okay, we'll go see it uh, sometime soon. Did you see anything else though? That's what I wanted. I did. I watched a movie in the cinema, and then I watched uh, another movie. Let me just make sure there's not a third movie I'm forgetting here. Letterbox.com. Uh, no, I already talked about Jurassic World last week, didn't I? Yeah. That was bad. Okay. Um, two movies this week. First one I'll just run through. We watched Little Shop of Horrors uh, the other night, just because I was kind of humming the songs from it, and then we watched it. Um, so Little Shop of Horrors is in late 80s Rick Moranis musical comedy, I guess. It's not really a comedy, but a musical. Um, 
that I was in when I was 16 in a school production of it. Um, and weirdly, the the version that we watched had an alternate ending that isn't on the DVD copy that I own of it. So you can't get me for uh, for illegally downloading it because I own it already. So that's allowed or something. Um, <laughs> I've been led to believe. Uh, but the version I own, the DVD version, has... Uh, let me t- go go into the, the backstory here. Little Shop of Horrors um, is about a, a if you, you probably heard or seen about it, is about a, 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 a an alien plant that requires yeah. blood to be fed, and it grows and grows and grows. In the musical version, which is the original, obviously, uh, which is based on a movie, which is not musical in a weird roundabout way, but in the musical version, the end of the movie or the end of the musical is that the plants. Uh, eventually multiply and take over the world. Okay? Like Godzilla's. They, they're going through seas and they, the plants win. All, all the characters that we, we love and know from the movie uh, all die and it's almost kind of, it's not a, like a sad ending but it's definitely a very like alternate, unexpected ending, let's say. Uh, and that was the movie, that was the ending of the movie that they shot originally but it, it, it went very badly with test audiences. So they reshot the ending where the, the main characters survive and they beat the plant and they all live happily ever after. So that's the theatrical ending. And that's the ending that was the only ending available on video and DVD for the longest time. Uh, recently on Blu-ray, they've put out a Blu-ray uh, edition featuring a, a director's cut, which features the original ending. So, of course, I downloaded a version of the movie not realizing that it was going to be the one that has the other ending. So this was actually, I've probably seen Little Shop of Horrors, I don't know, five or six times. This was the first time I saw the movie with the original ending. And it was quite strange. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Little Shop of Horrors is good. Um, I, I, would, I would tend to overrate it because I have fond memories of being in it. But as a movie, it's probably like a 7 out of 10. It's pretty good. Um, I'm not sure about the ending. I mean, obviously, I, I like the idea more of the original ending uh, being kind of like a sarcastic bad ending compared to the reshot happy ending. But the problem is that the, the original ending is like very long. <laughs> and from the point that the plants win, it just has like a straight 10 minutes of like them destroying a sea. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. To the point where it's kind of like, okay, let's wrap this up here. Let's <laughs> let's finish up this movie. Um, but it's pretty good. I, I, I like Little Show Mars. Uh, the other movie we watched this week, uh, which Barry summed up in his view by going, it's okay, was uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would tend to agree with Barry. It, it, it's okay. Uh, I think there's things about it that are very good. I think there's things about it that are very bad. Um, I would probably rate it above Rogue One, um, but below Last Jedi, um, Force Awakens, Return of the Jedi, all the original ones. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'd put it just above the the prequel trilogy. Um, what it does good is kind of what I think Star Wars often like lives and dies by is are the characters likable. I think for the most part they are. I think Alden 
Eld Elden Reich or wh whatever, however you pronounce his name. I think he's a good solo. I think he's charismatic and likable. Yeah, he he was all right. He was. Yeah. I thought I thought, although it's been kind of taken divisively, I think um, Donald Glover is a good Lando. I quite liked him. Emilia Clark is terrible as she always is, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and they fucking wrote it so that she'll probably be in another one if they do another one. Woohoo. Uh, Woody Harrelson was pretty good. You know, I mean, I think for the most part, unlike Rogue One, I think where Rogue One went wrong is that a lot of the characters were like super dry and not particularly likable. Uh, I thought, yeah. I think this movie I mean, did, Woody, did. Woody Harrelson's in there being just being Woody Harrelson, which yeah. is fine. It's better, better than what Rogue One had, you know. So I think, I think it succeeds on that level. Um, it's a very ugly movie, though. And it is. There's some scenes that happen like, during the day outside and it's still like so dark that you can't like see characters faces and stuff and this is a point that they made in the half in the bag that i watched after seeing the movie is that yeah it's just like so dark like visually dark um a movie and right. it's weird because it's like it's not like tonally any darker than any other star wars movie like it's not it's lighter that. if anything yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, it's kind of it's a bit rompier more than than certainly than Rogue One and and arguably even the dark, uh, the Last Jedi as well. Uh, but yeah, visually it's just kind of ugly. It's a very gray. brown, muddy movie. Yeah, and I I don't know if that is a uh, uh, you know kind of a a decision they made after the fact or maybe that was just something that they, like as in when they changed kind of leadership. Well, I know that a lot of movies that are like converted to three D tend to have like a darker hue to them but i think this was just like i don't want to say poor poor lighting but it just yeah it was really distractingly bad looking um, um i'll tell you what though before we move on from characters i really enjoyed paul bettany being a just a camp 80s bond villain well the problem was um i thought he was good in it as well but i i i had the original casting stuck in my mind i think i would have preferred that more. Who's that? Um, Michael K. Williams from Borough Empire. Michael Kane. Michael uh, Kenneth Williams. From what? Even Kenneth in... Williams. It, is that the right name? Michael K. <laughs> he was in Borough Empire. He played. Uh, oh, uh, oh White. yes, yeah. He was. He was that character. Originally? He 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 played him, and when they reshot the movie, he wasn't available, so they recast the character. Oh. What? Oh, I was completely unaware of that. That would have been fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I can't think in my head, oh, he would have been really good at this. <laughs> and he would have he would have played him really different as well, because Paul Bittany's like chewing the scenery, being fucking uh fucking super shredder, you know. Um yeah, Michael Williams would have played it. I mean, based on, you know, uh, Boardwalk Empire, The Wire, The Night of, you know, he plays it he plays his characters much more kind of calm and suave and, and reserved. Yeah. Um, oh well, wasn't uh, to be. Oh well, wasn't I guess? Yeah, it wasn't to be. But um, what did you think? My one of my big criticisms was we all love a little bit of fan service. That's fine. That's what these movies are. But like, I I thought it was beyond the pale in this movie. What did you think of the volume of of nods and winks in this movie? Um, I think some of them were more subtle than Rogue One, to be honest. Um, they were, but it was more it was more volume than any one in particular. A lot thing. of volume, and I think uh, a lot of it was kind of pointless as well. Um, <clears throat> like I know that they have a kind of reliance on making references to like throwaway lines from the original movie. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I get your point, uh, but you know, in in Rogue One, you know, Doctor Evzan and Ponza Baba showing up is kind of he don't like you. I don't like you either. Yeah, it, it would to me that was worse than this one. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, little things like how Han got his blaster and the dice in the Millennium Falcon and how the Millennium Falcon got its two-pronged front and stuff is, like, completely pointless and I don't care. Um, I don't know whether that's even fan service or just, like, going out of their way to explain things that don't need to be explained. Because I don't know if that's pleasing to fans that they're like, the Millennium Falcon don't got its two prongs in this movie. Oh, wait, there it is! And then they stand up and clap and are loving it. I just kind of shrugged. I went, oh, there you go. I was kind of confused by it for a while. And then I was like, oh, okay. Never mind. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like these movies are better when they're not kind of trying to pander to create links to the original ones. Like, I would prefer just a Han Solo movie where he has a standalone adventure that's got nothing to do with the other movies apart from the fact that Han Solo is in it. But I feel like that's kind of the cynic's go-to point about these movies um and i think now that solo wasn't a box office smash that it's only going to result in them being even you know more careful and less like they'd be more risk adverse with the star wars yeah unfortunately yeah i like boba fett movie directed by james marigold that bob that boba fett movie like I'm trying to think who's the biggest character they can shoehorn into it with, without just completely ruining everything. Like I, I was gonna say, like they might just have Luke Skywalker in it, but I don't think that shameless. Dengar like, will like, be in it without without breaking the fucking logic of the universe. Like they might just have this young Han Solo do a cameo or something. Like right? I mean, they they. I mean the. They could have, you know what? Actually, they could. Apps. There's no logical reason they couldn't do Darth Vader in this movie. Darth Vader meets Boba Fett for the first time. Um, yeah. The Boba or Fett one. The Boba Fett one is the weirdest one because even the idea of the movie is fan service. Yeah. Listen, if you're one of those weirdos who thinks Boba Fett's cool. Outside of just like looking kind of cool, you're a fucking weirdo. It's just a, it's just, he he's just a a guy in a cool suit. You probably have a Bo Dallas roleplay Twitter account as well. <laughs> okay, I guess. Bo um, Dallas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob Leave. What? Oh, <laughs> that was terrible. Fucking hell, this is going down quick. Um. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, Solo's all right. Five or six out of ten, probably. Fine. Fair enough. Uh, I I think that's all our movies there. Joe hasn't seen anything uh, uh, this, this week, so we will segue into emails, of which I have two and no one else appears to have any. Barry stole our emails. I will, including this one. Which says, from who? I can't say what. Oh, no. She's going to read it. Uh, A certain someone. She said, I was about to do an impression. I won't do that. 
she says, Hi, Barry. The other night I asked Paul to bring me two oranges because I was a bit hungry. <laughs> I know what this is. And I asked him if he could peel them for me. <laughs> he then informed me that he has never peeled an orange before in his life. He also didn't peel my oranges. This is a euphemism. So to this day, he has not peeled a single orange. Please discuss. Right. I like to think that I am something of <laughs> a, a, a recluse when it comes to eating well and not engaging with the real world and dietary habits. I did famously... Actually, I, I don't even know if we talked about this on this show. I do eat well, to be fair. I just haven't my, uh, I, did, I, did, I, didn't eat, I didn't eat a strawberry ever until about two years ago when my uh, then-girlfriend made me eat one. Right? When, I re- <laughs> when I revealed that piece of information, she made me eat one on the spot. So I, I think I'm fucking weird. But... So, can I take from this that you've never eaten an orange ever? Um, I don't know. Not to my memory. I'm not an orange eater. I'm much, I eat an apple instead. Well, that's fine. I agree with that. Barry, but... Barry, check this, okay? He also okay. told me. He never did it to an egg either. Why would I need to crack an egg? He's well, wait, hang on. Was, no, how have you not... So what, how, but how do you eat eggs? Well, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs. Well, 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 yes. One of the best foods. Dude, the problem with eggs and oranges, too much fuss. Too difficult to open them up. <laughs> yeah, eggs are difficult to open. Listen. If eggs came in a little, like, can, <laughs> oh, poured into it, there you go. I'd can do of that. eggs. Can but of eggs. Egg, egg equivalent of like Tesco canned peaches. I tell you what, if I tried to open an egg, there would just be bits of shell everywhere. Well, that's listen. That's the risk reward. Because right. I, because I, I don't know what is the sweet point between giving a little tap on the slide and just it not breaking, and oh just god, you are you are the you are the literal man who doesn't know how to boil an egg. Oh my gosh. Or open an orange. And she, there's, a, there's a bit missing in this story. Is open that an orange! Not opening it! You're peeling it! It's not a fucking can of coke. Peel an orange. You're de-escalating it. Oh no, it's the Wi-Fi. Never mind. Um, side, side note to the story is she asked me for two oranges and to peel them. And I went downstairs to get the oranges and there were two little oranges which I think are... Oh, called, those aren't oranges. Like Satsumas. Satsumas, nectarines. I don't know which ones. Tangerine. And then there was one big orange so i came up with all three oranges <laughs> she sent me back down the big one she only wanted the little ones <laughs> and she showed me how to open it i think if you gave me one now i could probably do it probably right yeah but you Jesus. don't know how to mm, what do you not know how to do you're pretty smart Mm. Can't play a video game without feeling sick. Oh, I got you there. She, she, she gets motion sickness. You see. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. oh, take that. <laughs> That's worse than not being able to peel an orange. Next week, oh. bananas. So you've never had? Have you ever had? I have peeled a banana. To be fair. <laughs> Fair play. Well, let's see. That, comes, that comes with a little uh, uh, pull here tab at the top. Yeah, exactly. Uh, have you, so you've never had, uh, you've never dipped toast into a runny egg? I don't know. I probably have, but I, when I was really young, I would say. 
but yeah, so you didn't make it. So that doesn't count. No. Anyway, si- since I was of food making age, no, I haven't done that. My next email here is from Mr. Michael, who, by the way, still uses the knocking a ba 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 email address. Well, um, what else are you gonna use it for? <laughs> uh, let it die. Why does he not have a, a American Pale Males little plug there email address? Uh, well, he probably doesn't want to waste it on this shit. That's a good you know? podcast, by the way. People should go listen to that, especially if they like beer. I like beer. And every I time I'm in a shop and I see a, 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 a lovely American Pale Ale, I always think of him. I like listen to that. I like, I like beer and I like Michael, so I might give that a... Um... I'm Michael Gay now in my own house. Oh, problematic nephew. Oh, I'm now now I'm on Paul's side. Fuck oranges. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Michael's question here uh, is: If it has not been discussed yet, what was your favorite moments from the Creed versus Omega matchup? Uh, Do you watch any of this, Paul? It seems like the type of thing Joe would hate. No, uh, I no. I think Joe, you liked it, yeah. Joe is not here. Joe, are you, that's. Are you dead? Sorry, I was on mute. Sorry, I was on mute because I was eating Pringles. Um, <laughs> no, I. Um, they're a lot easier to open than an orange. Let's be honest. Um, I. I was live tweeting it. It was great. Oh, you were. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You liked. It. Yeah, my bad. Oh, yeah, it's just you know. I assume your video games. Yeah. You know. Um, but I thought it was very, very well done. Very, very entertaining. Uh, very clever by those two lads, specifically Xavier Woods, you know, to get his little outlet uh, uh, to kind of get himself over in a unique way. Also, you know, sneakily clever of Capcom because they got it. They uh, Kenny was playing as a new character in Street Fighter Five, who isn't out yet. So they got that little pub, and it was doesn't at he, their. Doesn't booth. he play that character in the commercial for it? Uh, yes, yeah. So they obviously have a deal going on. So mm. that's. Um, and that's the, that's the other thing about why this is cool. It's just another little another little uh, notch on the belt of the Bullet Club and uh, the the uh, the Americans, uh, the American New Japan contingent that's taking over the world. They're they're playing characters in Street Fighter commercials. They're doing E three bits. They got Funko Pops at last. They got the the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega. Funko Pops are out. Um, you know they they they're continuing to do big things. So so congrats to them. I thought it was really fun. Um, uh, I, I I thought their 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 banter was was pretty damn great. Kenny Kenny was being like a caricature of himself. The uh, uh, the New Day lads were being were being goofy, um, and Kenny just knew that audience so well because he had a little jab at one point with about you know. Uh, about writers writing the New Day stuff, which you know, which you know, sometimes you might think of as low hanging fruit, but the E three crowd thought it was the best thing they'd ever heard. Um, it was great; I, I really enjoyed it, uh, um, and, and it was, it was a, a cool little thing. As someone who would never in a million years watch two people play like Street Fighter Five competitively in an actual competitive environment, I, I just loved the whole thing. Uh, yeah, Joe, do you have any other thoughts on that? No, I was just really into. Uh, watching gaming for the first time, I was actually excited. Yeah, um, and I was I was rooting for for Kenny. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was great seeing seeing that kind of thing, that kind of event. More of that, lads. Come on, big old big old week for Mister oh. Kenneth Omega. Um, uh, as we will talk now, as we segue into the wrestling guff for the week. Uh, this week was, of course, the big uh, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, Kazuchika Okada 
uh, match at Dominion, the two out of three falls match. I believe it went 70 minutes. Uh, I did not watch it. I heard it was thoroughly excellent. Uh, I'm willing to take that at face value based on the previous matches I've seen. They were all very good. Um, and, of course, Kenny finally won. So uh, the big the big moment for him, he's finally the IWGP heavyweight champion, uh, which is good for him and also, you know, perhaps a sign of, of the continued... Um, uh, uh, notion that new japan is uh, gearing up for worldwide dominance with the uh with sort of the attractive gaijin as their champion you know uh anybody watch it just out of curiosity i assume not it's like 70 minutes long uh no i did download it but it would probably never be watched i'll be honest yeah it's like it took me <laughs> it took me about a week to watch the original match you the, could watch a fall six- at a time i suppose a six-star match. I think it took me like five months to watch the draw and the one Kenny won. Like mm. I, it, it, I, it takes me for it's cut. You have to find an hour to sit down and watch it, and you know, given the high, the high way it's praised, it's like I also don't want to be like distracted during it. So I got to make time to make sure I've got. I, I don't have anything interrupted me and all this other stuff, you know. So I'll, I'll get around to it, but I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so we will, and of course, that got seven stars in the Wrestling Observer, the new, uh, the new standard. So now all the seven thumbs up jokes are completely validated. Um, and and there you go. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it to come out that he's been writing matches out of ten this whole time, and he's just <laughs> like strict about it. Yeah, like Brett versus Austin from Mania 13 was actually shit. <laughs> It was five out of sub sub three stooges. Oh, um, so uh, anyway, well, there was, some there was, other I, I don't want to harp on about Melser and his stars because I feel like every time this happens, we do it. Well, but, no, because he's also because like this actually shows how watered down it is. He's been doing it nonstop lately. He gave like Taiji Ishimori versus. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi, like five and a half stars or some shit like that. So, like, he's it's not just he's given these Omega matches like oh six and now seven. I think in the last year since he initially broke the scale, I think he's done it like five times and it's been weird shit like six and a half, five and a quarter. So, it's like a joke at this stage, to be honest. But, uh, but the worst on. thing is just his, his arsiness about it on Twitter. That unfortunately, I see other people tweeting him. And these are, you know, he's like, oh, people don't get it. It's so simple. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just, an, it's really annoying. It's really, really annoying. And I just think he's so stupid. <laughs> I've, unfollowed, I've, I've unfollowed him ages ago and stopped engaging with him. I never even, I never fucking, even if he says something stupid, I don't like RT anymore. He's it's so stupid. dumb, though. It's so stupid. I hate it. It is. I hate it. It is. And his, anyway, his, well, his logic is like, I think someone tweeted at him and he, he, re, he retweeted saying like, yeah, look, it's so simple. Someone was like, look, it's like this. Uh, six stars, match of the year. Six and a half stars, match of the decade. Seven stars, match of a lifetime. It's like, well, n- <laughs> it's not how it works, though. It's not how it works. You rate out of five. It's, it's an established thing. God, anyway. Godfather 2 got five stars. That's not seven. <laughs> <laughs> more important so than all of this more important than all of this John Cena has said he is willing to undo his <laughs> vasectomy in the name of oh, impregnating Nicole Bella Colas 
Ice. Ice. It's John Cena's Mickey Guff. I, I, I'll be honest, lads, I wasn't aware he had the sniff. Uh, huh. I, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Please. Uh, put the Vuvuzela away. Yeah, I, um, I, I must have missed the um, the episode of Total Bellas when he had the old. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not caught up, I'll be honest. Mm. Um, that's pretty cold, though. Like, they're, they're debating back and forth if they want kids, and he's just like, well, you fucking have with someone else um, anyway uh, in actual news we'll move away from this breaking literally a minute before we came on air literally uh, Big Cass has been released from the WWE uh, Cass of course somewhat surprisingly lost to Daniel Bryan again at Money in the Bank um, mm. I say surprisingly purely because I just didn't I Thought this feud would go on probably once more, and 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 Cass would win this one, and and then they'd have a third match. Um, very bizarre. So as I say, this is a developing story. Um, they put up a thing on WWE.com, and it just said, "We have come to terms with the release of William Blah 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 Big Cast." Um, they did not wish him well in his future endeavors, which. Sounds like a trivial thing to mention, but literally the only person, to my knowledge, who has ever gotten that treatment before was Enzo Amore. And keep in mind, at the time, he was being let go for lying about being investigated for a serious rape. So this seems like treatment that they dish out when they are quite unhappy with you. Now, as of this this recording, we don't know what the deal is, but... um, yeah, they also don't don't kind of just release people in the middle. Like, not, yes, more or less in the middle of like an upper mid card feud. Like it's it's very unusual. So you can guarantee this will be a a, a developing thing. Um, but yeah, no no info at this time. What do you lads think? Big cast, you no, know, pretty significant flop. I think. I mean, they they you know, it's Enzo and Cass as a team was kind of his peak. They didn't seem to do very well on the main roster. And uh, well, the problem was Big Cass, when he went single, got injured almost immediately. He got injured, but also it's like he wasn't. He I, yeah, I don't think he was doing very well before or after the injury. Like it was, he had like one ish good promo on Brian during the course of their feud. And and, mm-hmm. other, and I haven't seen, so spoilers for our in depth Money in the Bank review, I haven't seen it yet. But I remember their. Uh, previous pay-per-view match being extremely average. And the worst there. thing about it is you had this big Daniel Bryan return um, built up. Big, I remember the big announcement, Daniel Bryan is back. I couldn't believe it. Returned to WrestleMania and he spent the last two months, two and a half months feuding with Big Cass. Not to be yeah. the guy who's like put him in AJ Styles right away, but Maybe put him in with AJ Styles <laughs> right away. Why are we wasting time? Daniel Bryan's most likely on the clock here. Let's not waste two months with Big Cass. Mm. Yeah, I think I think he'll miss he'll miss all in. But I think besides that, I think he's he's out of here in in September. Um, uh, I just I don't see what is in this company for this guy anymore. Um. 
Like, fair enough, yeah, like, you don't want to burn your AJ, Samoa Joe, Lesnar matches. You don't want to burn them immediately just as he comes back. But I refuse to believe the best they could have done is the Shane McMahon shite selling on the floor while fat 40-something-year-old Shane McMahon wrestles for half an hour and a big cast feud. I refuse to believe this is the best possible thing they could be doing with him when he could be in the glorious Tivoli Theatre wrestling Angel Cruz. All right? Well, so, it's, it's sure road these days. Yeah, I'm actually very disappointed that he... I think he will leave in September, and I'm a bit gutted he probably won't make it to Ireland before the, the closure of the Tivoli. Um, <laughs> but um, but that, that aside, um, yeah, so that... that you know, that feud and the people who went to bat for it as this thing, oh, it's giving big cast chance, big fat fucking thumbs down. Um, yeah, the match was average. You know, you have an average match with a generational talent. That's not, what else can you say? Um, so yeah, I don't know what he's going to do next. Again, what he, what he does next, again, kind of hinges on what this, what this story is. If it's, if it's, uh, Vince didn't like the money in the bank match, got to stick up his arse and just released him. That's fine. He'll go to, he'll probably be in impact in a month. If it's, um, uh, uh, murdered a hooker, um, <laughs> impact will probably give it six months before they give him the call. Um, and he, he may not be in the G one, you know, weird um, that as he leaves, James Ellsworth returns. Carmella. Are you saying he's ducking him? Carmella connection. Ah, uh, big cast, big cock, mate. He stole foot. your girl, and you can't teach that. <laughs> maybe, maybe, um, maybe James Elthworth is seven feet tall, lying down. That might be what. Oh, good Jesus. Uh, we're, we're joking here folks but seriously Ellsworth is a repulsive human being anyway uh, <laughs> well physically oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's a lovely human being I'm sure he's a lovely yeah. person whereas Big Cass <laughs> Big Cook <laughs> now there's there's an impact name for you <laughs> well I put in the Skype chat a minute ago when, when you were listing off what you remembered the um WWE announcement being I was like his indie name should be William blah 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 big cast yeah well you know this, it's a work in progress we'll find out anyway when he's in this year's cereal bowl oh god remember the cereal bowl good times <laughs> we were just talking about this me and the pals on Sunday fucking oh, hell ju- Justy on the Hardys documentary by the way oh yes yeah yeah we'll segue into that now so that's the big cast story uh, uh, Justy, formerly of OTT fame, currently of uh, Hardy uh, Boys you know, fame, uh, every every other promotion on on the island, um, uh, fame, Cork and PWU and all these other places. Uh, he had a tweet featured on the on the WWE documentary uh, about the Hardys. They were doing a little montage of tweets for people reacting to the final deletion, and uh, he was on there, so that was funny. Uh, but. Speaking of that documentary, Paul, you watched it, you did? I did. Joe, did you watch this? I did, brother. Ah, super good. Uh, I thought it was mostly excellent. I thought it was maybe the most 
WWE documentaries have gotten more honest and le- and they've pulled less punches as time has gone on. They Certainly, be- with um, respect to things like steroids and drugs being yeah, and, and and I'm and I'm thinking mainly in like the network era in the DVD. There were some good DVD documentaries they did, but they pulled their punches. They sanitized things here and there. They they drifted away from drug topics. They drifted away from arrests. They they would maybe allude to them. They I think they. You know, I remember the first one I remember kind of being taken aback by was there was an Orton documentary where he alluded to having lots of drug problems, but that that was one of the rare occurrences. This one was the most like hold nothing back, really show these guys at their at their worst. So obviously, there's been a lot of WWE produced um, uh, Hardy DVDs and documentaries over the years. This one was like like here's five minutes on who they are, and then jump straight to basically the end of of their WWE careers and cover their problems towards the end of WWE, their exit, their TNA run. Of course, they've obviously you know made deals with TNA in recent history, so they had all the footage they needed to to. That's so uh, great, co- by the way. Um, it's great, you, like because you, you you can't you can't tell this story without that footage. I don't think. It's got, um, yeah, I, I must say, you know, kudos to both Impact and WWE. Um, yeah, WWE more so for finally getting over it. It was such, you, you could tell it, because I, I remember the the really, really great CM Punk documentary, which I think was like one of the first really great WWE documentaries um, at the time. Mm. He, was, he was running down all these companies he, he worked for when he was an indie star. And they had footage from ROH, and they had footage from IWA, they had all the places. And he may, and he's listing all these companies by name. And then he's like, "On a Tuesday, uh, I'd be in Nashville, and then Saturday, I'd be working Ring of Honor." Um, it was like they just they 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 really obviously had this thing where they just they didn't want to give TNA the satisfaction of even talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was petty, and it's so stupid because they're such a non-threat, especially these days. Um, and I think it adds a degree of reality and kind of believability when you acknowledge there is other wrestling out there, there is other companies. It makes it feel like you're not telling your own sanitized spin doctor yeah. version. History I don't know whether um, Borat deserves any credit for that. I would maybe suggest that he probably does. I, I would say I would say he probably does. I would say he probably does. Um, I think that's a very fair. Actually, you'd, yeah, you'd, you'd forget he's there, but he seems to be... Uh, uh, working, working away I, I, there. Oh, I would think he was probably heavily, heavily involved in the production of this documentary. Yeah, yeah. So, so this documentary, in terms of like, you know, I mentioned they didn't pull any punches. They didn't just say, um, "Oh, these guys had drug problems." I couldn't. I didn't see it with my own two eyes. I couldn't believe they showed the the diner footage. The legendary. The, oh yeah. The, the legendary. Now they show. They only showed Jeff. They did not show Matt. <coughs> Uh, falling asleep <laughs> into his burger, going, Amy, Amy, Amy when she's lonely, Amy, <laughs> Amy Dumas. I was like, the the saddest footage of all time. Uh, but they they showed Jeff there being completely fucked up, talking to like shooting on CM Punk, who he was like feuding with before he left in a really lame way. Um, I think uh, that's they showed... still one of our most watched YouTube videos. Oh, yes, I believe, yeah, I was uh, ridiculing the guy with the drug problems. Yes, that was funny. Um, Amazing. <laughs> motherfucking superstar. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. And you know what was funny was that it was like, I, rem- like, this, it, it, 
this like nostalgia is the wrong word, but this was such a weird time as a wrestling fan that I, I were just as they were playing this footage, I was like, oh, this was such a bizarre, wild time because you didn't know what was going to happen to these guys. It was kind of like car crash TV with like you know watching celebrities who you just knew were going to kind of burn out and possibly die young, you know, in in a, in a kind of uh, rubbernecking kind of way. Um, they showed that footage, which I was shocked. They oh, they showed Matt Hardy and the grapes um, oh, the when grapes. he was trying to when he was trying to do his alter ego on YouTube. Oh my god! Like yeah, they just showed these two at their absolute worst. And so uh, most of it, I remember. I did not remember, and it was actually I thought it was the saddest part of the whole documentary, uh, which was genuinely like earnestly quite sad at points. It was actually quite sad. Um, the saddest thing for me was they talked about Matt Hardy getting kicked out of rehab. Um, and then they had this video that I assume was a vlog of his from YouTube. I had never seen this video before. Yeah, he, used, he have, used to do all his YouTube vlogs, didn't he? I, I either ha- didn't see it or I forgot about it. He was like, after getting kicked out of rehab and was basically trying again to go cold turkey and get his life back in order. And he was like, um, like trying to put this smile on his face and really, really, really obviously trying not to cry, talking about, I'm, I'm going to... It's going to be good. I'm going to get back, and it's going to be like ten years ago when I was healthy, and I, I, I just want to be good. I just want to be better. And he was like, like he was like cleaned up and shaved, and it was obviously like it was like his first day back in rehab or his first day kind of in isolation, and you know, and it was the sad. It was like sadder than seeing him fucked up. Was like was seeing him lucid but extremely sad at the realization of what he, what his position was. Um, it was very sad. Um. And and yeah, my so I, this was all great. They had the footage of the Sting match, which again I watched that and I was like, oh my god, remember the Sting match? That seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, mm. Of course, Jeff Hardy too too fucked up to, to wrestle. Um, they had they had kind of subtitles for that was that was a weird thing at the time. It was like Eric Bischoff was out there talking to both of them, but you couldn't quite yeah. tell doing so they had subtitles they boosted the audio they also boosted the audio of the fans chatting that was bullshit at sting when he was walking up the ro- up the ramp that yeah. was crazy that i i never heard that eric bischoff uh dialogue before it was super no. super interesting yeah 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 it was weird because i think i think i think at the time it was in order obviously i think tna might have given him like the master tapes and and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that to kind of boost the audio because at the time it was just crowd noise you couldn't quite hear you could tell he was telling them look this is not working but the specifics of it um and they they had uh, bischoff was interviewed sting was interviewed and of course jeff was interviewed and they all kind of backed up stories that you kind of read in the observer at the time which was that jeff would just disappear for hours before a match and then show up just before the match starting sometimes in a conditioned form sometimes not um, it was yeah, it was uh, uh, all all fascinating stuff, and you had insights from from Joe and AJ and all these other people who were there. Um, they had oh, what about that um, uh, footage from when they were before they left for TNA? Footage of Matt like falling asleep during a DVD interview, yeah. like a talking head interview for a Jeff DVD. And they're like, and there's a producer going, oh, can you just talk about how you know Jeff would do all kinds of crazy stuff <laughs> for the fans? And then Matt's like asleep instantly. Yeah. For like for like thirty seconds, yeah, it was it was it was very in depth and it was very honest. I tell you what, though, after like they came back to WWE and they had the big WrestleMania moment, which was great to see, great to see their reaction. Probably could have ended there. I didn't I, I didn't need them to act like uh, the Bray Wyatt stuff was genius and great and everyone loved it. Sure. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I really liked it. Do you have any other any other uh, notes on that before we move on? It was it was very enjoyable. There are a few kind of revelations, like the you know the Bischoff thing and the tape. I think a lot of it it all kind of played out a lot of it in public, so it wasn't full of kind of shocking revelations. I think that's probably the way the way things are now. Um, so much stuff kind of happens on social media and in the public eye that when you have documentaries like this, it's not exactly revelatory about you know what was going on in people's lives but it's still still a very enjoyable documentary yeah, yeah the one part as well where they were walking towards the camera and matt's saying something like god give me one of those things i'll pay you back you know i got your back oh yeah like, like, he's wearing a microphone a yeah yeah oh <laughs> and then and then after he realizes he's the microphone he's just very drunken <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, no, nah, I, I thought that so, was extremely good, extremely good. Yeah, the uh, the 24s are um, they're a good watch. They're uh, they're very well done. Uh, elsewhere in the wrestling news, I'm not sure that there was too much else news wise um, uh, to talk about. Uh, no, I think I think that's it. Obviously, we got the star ratings and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so we, we can probably move on there to, um, oh, no, sorry, before we move on to the shows, uh, the uh, Albert Hall tapings for the second UK tournament are underway. Uh, last night was the tournament to d- decide the number one contender. Uh, tonight is the winner of that tournament versus Pete Dunne. And also various other kind of non-tournament matches. Um, the big news, we won't get into spoilers for the actual matches, but the big news is that they have finally confirmed for real, real, the NXT UK series, as in a, a weekly series, um, that looks like it is going to have uh, kind of full-sale-esque tapings where they're going to be in various towns for uh, you know two days, you know, a l- kind of long weekend of tapings. To tape a couple of months TV, uh, and they've announced dates for basically the remainder of the year, uh, four or five tapings, and yeah, there you go. It's it's going to be a real deal, and I, and no coincidence. I'm sure this is to do with the fact that uh, World of Sport is happening. It's it's they've taped an actual season of television, not just a one-off this time. Yeah, uh, debut soon as well. I think. So yeah, oh, actually, after the, uh, the World Cup. Yes, the first Saturday after the World Cup, which is a, a pretty uh, you know pretty pretty decent little spot for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, everything you've ever heard about how this, this UK thing was to uh, uh, counter ITV, I mean, it, it couldn't have been more on the money. Uh, literally just as they, I, you know, ITV wanes on the idea for a year. Suddenly there's, ne- there's, there's no more talk of a UK tournament. ITV tapes TV. Now they've confirmed uh, WWE is doing it. So, yeah. so there you go. Um, they'll be introducing a UK tag and UK women's belts to go with the Pete Dunne UK title. Uh, so there you go. I'm not super intrigued by this idea, to be honest, especially now that we kind of have our own big indie on our shores. Like, I don't know. It may, you know, if it's, I mean, I'll watch the TV and if it's good, I, I might like try and fly over for a taping or something. But, you know, another hour of WWE TV with people I can see locally in more interesting matches. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not rushing to see this, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, and we won't get into um, 
the actual results. We'll, uh, we'll probably talk about that next week, I suppose. That's airing. Yeah. Was that uh, airing oh, wait, no. Okay, yeah. So maybe two weeks, two shows' time, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. So from there, we'll go into NXT TakeOver. I just finished watching it today. I don't have a whole lot of opinions on it. What did you lads make of, uh, of TakeOver? I don't know if you want to run through the whole well, card. Let me just say, before we talk about TakeOver, on the normal NXT show of last week, there was a really great match with um, Pete Dunne and Kyle O'Reilly that people, if they haven't seen it, should, should go out of their way to see. Um, I, I, I believe it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, you're going to get a good match out of those two. Yeah. Takeover, I thought, was really good. Speaking of Kyle O'Reilly and good matches, hmm. uh, uh, the NXT opener. Was, NXT opener was extremely good. This is my favorite match on the show. Ooh, I, uh, I don't know how I go that far, but it was really great. I wasn't as high on this show as it seems like you might have been. I thought this was the weakest takeover in ages. Um, Ooh, okay. And I thought this match was the best. I fucking love Oni Larkin. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. He's he's super uh, fun to watch. His Oni Larkin. He's really fun. Danny Birch is is great as well. He's someone I I really hadn't seen that much of, obviously, other than his sporadic NXT appearances and whatnot. Um, he's really great, and I love that they started out as the heels because Undisputed Era are kind of the they have the right balance of being good workers, but they kind of have that kitschy humor about them that gets you over with modern fans. Sure. Um, like they're they're, they're they're kind of indie darlings as well anyway. They they, they are indie darlings, but but it, but like Kyle O'Reilly is like really underratedly funny. Like, like you know, his facials and his, his um, uh, uh, you know, his air guitaring and uh, who do you think you are, Peter Dune? You know, like acting like the biggest comedic dweeb of all time uh, uh, on NXT. They're they're really really great. Um, but Larkin and Burst were just so fucking good that by the end of the match, the crowd were going ballistic and just cheering for everyone and and um, uh, really getting into it. So that was great. Yeah. So the undisputed era retained. Uh, that was kind of the one detraction of this match. Even though they got the crowd into it, I it, it was it was kind of silly to even entertain the idea that that the uh, the the baldies and the black tights were going to unseat the uh, what are obviously the, the the pet projects in NXT right now. I think it was definitely kind of a star making performance for Lorcan and Birch, though, in a way that they've kind of elevated now from. I mean, they, they're kind of jobbers in essence. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think they can kind of be taken seriously now. I think they, I think they needed this match. Even even though they didn't win, they kind of they kind of won in a way. Yeah. Um, like, every time Lorcan would be on TV, like, I, I sang the praises of the Drew McIntyre match there last year. Um, like, he would just kill it. He'd get a five-minute TV match, and he'd just bust his ass to have a great match. Um, and that was, and that was never really translated into anything except for now. This is this one thing. And I hope like, I just, I never want to see this guy left off a takeover again. I'm not going to say push him to the moon. He should be NXT champion. Cause I think being a, a pasty bald guy with black tights, I mean, <laughs> and, also, and also, and also kind of like he's, he's in great shape, but he's not a big muscle man. Like he's he kind of, like, a, he's kind of an ugly man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is why this role is great for him. I think just, just you don't have to push him to the moon, but he, he should be on your takeovers, uh, even if it's just you know 
he's the he and Bradshaw are the third team in a three-way you know fucking gimmick tag title match. He should be in there. Um, but yeah, that that was great. Uh, what was next? I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, I think uh, it was uh, Dream? Ricochet Dream was next. Yeah, I liked this match. I didn't love it. Okay. Um, I thought the video package was excellent. It was. Um, I love Velveteen Dream referring to himself in the third person. Um, and just when they were talking about him on tough enough, he's just like, <laughs> the dream does not recall this. <laughs> you know, it's just, he's, what a, what a star. I mean, he is, he is so charismatic. He is. Um, he, he has it. He has it, brother. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, and, and this match was good. And obviously, like, you know, the, the Alistair Black match was good way back when. But I, I'm, I'm not sold on him just yet. I think he's, like, the potential to be this massive star because he does have it. Right. But uh, just, just I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the in ring to get all the way there before I start, you know. Okay, you know. that's valid, I think. What did you What did you make of the match itself? Uh, I didn't like it. I loved it. The match? Oh, oh, oh! You swerved me. <laughs> yeah, I think this is. I think it's probably up there with my match of the years. This one. Um, or excuse me, matches of the year <laughs> to give it the correct uh, grammar. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've watched it twice. This match, um, and what I liked specifically about it was that the match played into the story, and a lot of the spots and a lot of the sequences in the match were based on the the different things that had happened in the leading in the weeks leading up to the match itself um like you you take take for instance the the finish of the match right you had you had a, on NXT a few weeks ago the whole uh they did a few times where dream would come out and say anything that ricochet can do velveteen dream can do better and then obviously on NXT that culminated with the flip out of the ring which went um kind of viral uh, and then the end of the match is um, Ricochet has Dream down on the on the canvas, so he goes to the top for the shooting star, and Dream rolls out of the way, so he's like quite far away from the the corner. Uh, oh yes! And and Ricochet oh, goes for the shooting star. I've never seen a shooting star go that far, by the way. But he does the shooting star, and Dream gets the knees up, and Ricochet now is over in the far corner, way out of the way. But anything yeah. the Ricochet can do, the Dream can do better. So he goes to the top and says, well, you tried to hit me from too far away. I'm going to do even further away. He goes for the elbow. He misses because of his ego, essentially. His yep. ego kind of yep. corrupted him and he missed. Landing in perfect spot for the 6-3. Like, I just thought the finish was so clever. And, and for the story that they've been telling was like the perfect ending to it. Um, it, was, it was a fabulous ending. It really was. And that's the thing about Dream... I think he has great ideas. I think he's clever. I think his matches have great moments. I think the music between the notes, brother, is um, still well, a work. Yeah, you even had little bits in it where he he's saying, you know, I'm the Vel- I, I think the ref pulled him out of the corner one time. He's like, "Don't touch me! I'm the Velveteen Dream. Don't touch me!" And then he was like slapping Ricochet in the face at one point, and he's like, he used yeah. the JBL "I'm a Wrestling God" line. And said, Classic. You, you, you belong in a bingo hall. These, I'm awesome. These fans are cheering for me, and like little lines like that that kind of 
you know, reminded me a bit of Kevin Owens back in the day. You know, the old yeah. Steen kind of always talking shit line. He's kind of doing a bit of that. Um, I, but all I the like, little de- I like. Go on. No, you go on. All the little details is what kind of I liked about it. It wasn't so much that it was like this blowaway match, but it was just kind of so clever and everything it did, down to like um, Dream wearing the Prince Puma tights, which I'm sure you've seen on Twitter, the comparison. Yes, yeah. Um, I just yeah, I just liked everything about it. I, I, li- I liked it even more the second time I watched it. The first time when I saw it live, I think I was more in your camp that for a lot of it I wasn't totally into it, and then I got in towards the end. On second watch, I kind of enjoyed it throughout. Um, and even again, you had earlier like Dream do the the Curtis Murray flip over the rope, standing off like springboarding off the second rope to the outside, and then you had Ricochet outdoing him with the Fosbury flop, and like it was kind of one of those great matches that is not built on like hatred necessarily between two guys, but rather it being. Uh, like a, a one-upsmanship match, and um, yeah, I just thought it was super good. I, I, especially second time around. I, I mean, aside from one little spot where, like, I had one one little niggle with the match, which was when they did the uh, suplex to the outside from the oh, yeah. turnbuckle, which was crazy. First of all, a lot of spots like that in this match. A lot of bumps to the apron and like <laughs> stuff that they need to kind of relax on but they were both down on the outside and the ref starts his count way too fast i don't know if you notice this when you're watching it but uh, yeah jake I, younger's yeah. like one two three i'm like no no slow down they're selling a suplex to the outside you know to the point to the point i thought it was going to be a double count out me too because it was way too fast yeah, that was very odd, because I was wondering, because I was like, oh, they probably don't want to beat Dream again, because he's lost most of his big matches. But then, like, Rick Ricochet just had to, like, get up and jump into the ring at nine. Like, yeah. Adam Cole style, you know, not selling the Super <laughs> That That was the one thing that annoyed me about the match, but apart from that, I thought it was uh, almost perfect. Yeah, it, it, it was It was good. I, I, I thought it, was, it wasn't great by the, by the finish, but but I, I, I did really like it. Um, Ricochet's shooting star it was like it got the distance of the brock lesnar shooting star but it also had the form and he didn't die yeah i'll give you that um, which was great um next was the uh women's match uh shayna baszler defending her nxt t- title against uh nikki cross this is another match that i thought was fine until the finish which i thought was excellent yeah um, I th- I think they're leaning way too much into the Nikki character, and it's the exact kind of character I don't like. Um, I'm not sure I, it works as I, as a like the lead female babyface character either. Wait, wait, well, here's the thing: I don't like it. But I watching this match and listening to this crowd, I swear I was on an island because they thought it was the best right. shit they'd ever seen in their fucking lives. No, um, I'm kind of on the same side as you in this. They page me, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were way into Nikki. So basically, the match was kind of uh, straightforward enough. That the, the commentators as well, who I thought were mostly fine, uh, tonight, lots of cliches. I tell you fine. what, I tell you who I'm more and more impressed by every time I hear him is Percy Watson. Yes, yeah. is that just he's, me? Uh, I think he's no, no. he's he's a really competent commentator, which was not what I expected when he first showed up. He's he's competent and he's not overbearing. Yeah. Um, I think he still has that problem that a lot of new commentators have where he's very quiet and he's 
probably a bit at uh, um, uh, what's it? timid. That's the word. I mean. You right. know, he doesn't want to over overstate himself. Uh, but yeah, I think I think he's uh, I think he's good, and I think I think he's um, uh, going to get better. But uh, commentators, uh, lots of cliches, lots of. Ha, she's so crazy. Does she even feel pain? <laughs> um, That's a good line. <laughs> and and I'm like, oh man, give it a rest, give it a rest. And and she's doing her stuff, which is like she's very charismatic, um, but it's just a gimmick, just isn't really for me. But the finish is great. So Shayna, who they, who they do a great job building her up as a killer, she's, she's like, really good. She she is really good, and she has um, uh, Nikki in this Koji clutch. And they're kind of sitting up, looking at the hard cam, and Nikki's fighting, and she kind of has this kind of moment of release where she just gets this big shit-eating grin on her face, like, like, uh, like a serene look on her face as Shayna is looking absolutely manic, trying to like choke her to death. And f- from from the smiling face, Nikki gl- slowly sinks into passed out. Um, I suppose kind of just accepting that she wasn't going to win, but also that she didn't get like, she didn't tap out or she wasn't pinned. You know, I assume that's what they were going for. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool. It was a, it was a cool ending for these two characters. Even if, even if, if you know, the cross character isn't necessarily something I'm into, but it, it was, was, it, was nice well- to, it was nice to see someone portrayed more as an equal to Shayna. Cause I feel like lately it's just been her kind of overpowering people. So it was nice to have a bit more back and forth on it. Um, yeah, and you know it's a, an inventive finish that isn't you know overly inventive or annoying. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So that was um, uh, that was that. Uh, that brought us to the men's title match, um, which was oh somewhere somewhere in here along the way we also got Keith Lee in, in attendance. Oh, uh, good for him. Uh, everyone basking in his glory. Um, uh, we got. Alistair Black versus Lars Sullivan. Uh, which it's kind of a shame that this Alistair Black title run is being overshadowed by Johnny Gargano because I think he's having a really good little run with lots of really fun title matches against a a variety of opponents. Um, uh, but uh, so yeah, he faced Lars Sullivan here. Good match for Lars. Um, I think he did well for his first uh, proper main event. Um, uh, Alistair sold a lot um, he did not steamroller over him uh, unfortunately the big talking point of the match was the finish which was kind of horribly messed up uh, the story of the match is that Sullivan was catching the black mass kick all the time so the big moment comes where black has to actually hit it and Sullivan is about a foot further away from him than he should be and it completely whiffs but Black, of course, because he's a wrestler in 2018, slaps his thigh uh, to make the noise. <laughs> and, and so it makes some noise. And Sullivan, who, again, it, like, it whiffed and he kind of he took a second and eventually he went down. He's like, oh, well, uh, it was close enough, I guess. And he made the noise. So I guess I got to go down because it's supposed to look like it hit me. Uh, and so the commentators are scrambling to say, oh, didn't get all of it. Didn't get all of my, it. My, my least favorite commentary trope. He didn't get all. Yeah, of it. very. Because like it's so overused at this point, and it's, it's like worse on the indies. But they, people have said that in such abominable spots that everyone now knows it's code for uh, 
absolutely shat the beds. And they battered that fucking up. So and so, like the viewers know that, but then the audience who can't even hear the commentary, they they turned on it like something fierce that like you haven't seen at an NXT show before. Now they got him back for the main finish, and and nobody booed Alistair Black or anything, but ooh, they were angry at this, they, and they should have been. Like it was honestly, it's like. I, I, I tweeted this earlier. I'd love to just be like, oh, you know, shit happens. You miss moves sometimes. But this is the biggest indictment of slapping your thigh all the time in wrestling um, that I've ever seen. Because here you have a scenario where you missed the move by a country mile. Everyone saw it. No one bought it. And you slapped your thigh anyway. So you look like a fucking uh, indie geek. Um, the problem anyway you know, was, you know, Sullivan kind of moved out of out of the way of it. <laughs> Sullivan was, was getting to his feet as Black like started spinning to throw it. And he took like a step forward and moved like a foot out of the way. And then he turned around here in the slap and, and oh, down I go. Yeah. Yeah, it was unfortunate. I th- yeah, the match was uh, fine if, if not particularly, you know, memorable. I think it's more to do with, you know, I don't know why they put Lars Sullivan in this position. After such a great like run of title matches, this was definitely a step down from previous months. Like I found myself kind of zoning out during this one. Um, yeah, and and the weird thing is, is like like Sullivan's this monster, so naturally he's like clubbing Alistair around. He knocked him off the top rope at one point. It's like he's the monster, but also not a soul bought him winning. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was weird. Um. But uh, that brought us to the main event, which was Johnny Gargano versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa in a street fight. So I don't watch NXT TV. Paul, you watch NXT I TV. Do. Or you, I most do. Time. This video package made it look like they have completely ruined this angle and turned it into schlock garbage. Um, no, I, would, I would not go that far. They've definitely okay. kind of overdone it a bit. It, it's not as subtle as it, as it once was. Tommaso Ciampa is great, though. And Gargano is great as the kind of fiery babyface. I, I really didn't like the angle where they knocked Candice LeRae over and killed her. And I, I that was my main gripe with it. So again, I don't watch TV. I don't want to you know I don't want to judge too rashly a show I'm not watching week to week. But God, it really looked like they positioned her as the like the least compelling, most stereotypical wife. Like yeah. you know, well, I, oh, I, the, oh I bumped into you and oh oh I knocked my wife. Down. Oh I, I hate that shit in wrestling it's so overdone i particularly didn't like on this show where she went up to him with the crutch and went like kick his ass yeah i thought that was super lame um and i really like cancer and i really like johnny gagano and i like scott steiner as well um but uh yeah kind yeah i see your point And, and you're right in what you say is that I I thought I think the feud was better when they did less. L- less is more, obviously. Um, like they built it a street fight by having, you know, little mini street fights. Essentially, they had like the uh, Tommaso Ciampa did his air raid off the stage through a table, and obviously had the unsanctioned match previously. So I I don't know bu- building to this. I I didn't feel like. You know, we we've kind of seen the bloodshed already. So, what what is there to build to here? Mm. Um, that being said, the match was very good. Um, I, I I didn't like it that much. I didn't I didn't think it was that good. It felt like first of all they did the same thing they did last time, which was have a like a 
35-ish minute epic. Yeah. Um, so by doing it similarly as Overlong, um, and, you know, like, they did all, they had lots of callbacks, like the first one had, and I, I adored the first match. It was long and it was slow in parts, but I liked that about it. I thought it was worth it for the payoff at the end with the spot where they're sitting down and all this other stuff. And this match, this match had a lot of the same ideas not not re, not redoing the exact same spots but in the sense that they culminated in imagery from earlier in the feud which is great like the the air raid crash to the table the looking down on on the guy on the stretcher but with the roles reversed it's all great but there was just something about them doing it again that just made me like it less it just it felt like it felt like the unnecessary sequel to a movie that had a perfect end already yeah, and it's like, oh, you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing, in fact, you're doing a lot of the things I liked the first time. But I'm, I'm kind of done with this, and and with that in mind, seeing you do it again and doing it again for forty minutes is not, um, as compelling. Maybe me. they could so, have had a different match type to differentiate it a little bit, like a cage match or like yeah, because uh, I mean, I mean, and Street Fighter, are you know, for intents and purposes, they're the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's much of a muchness, really. Yeah. Yeah, the one part I liked about it a lot, as you said, is where the roles were kind of reversed, and Gargano gave um, Champa the gimmick through the table, and he he kind of became Champa. You know, he kind of became the thing that he hated, which kind of played into was, the, yeah. the Candice LeRae, you know, opposing the match in the build-up. But then we, they kind of retconned that at the start, which I didn't understand. I also, no joke. Uh, couldn't remember the finish until a minute ago when I looked it up. Champa gave, yeah, that was, gave him the DDT on the exposed uh, ring. That's the weird thing about the match is that that's fine. I mean, Champa winning and, and, and getting... The ending like, was a bit anticlimactic, though, wasn't it? But yeah, like it's fine to like... He got his ass kicked, but he got a desperation move and won. But I, I feel like he got his ass kicked to an excessive degree to then win on one move. Like, Gargano kicks him in the face over and over and over again and then puts him, with handcuffs on, puts him in his submission for, like, uh, for like two minutes with, with agents pulling him off and saying, no, stop. And this is after the airway crash and the, and the stretcher job. It's like, all right, you, 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 you overdid the killing of Ciampa for, the, for him to then come back and win. And to play, Even, de- to play devil's... One, to play devil's advocate, even though I, I did like the match, um, in a street fight, I don't know why you have officials pulling Gargano off Ciampa. I think they were going, again, the, the, this, this match, this, it's, it's an epic, it's so, it's so angry, it's too much, Johnny, don't lose <laughs> yourself to the violence, Johnny, it's, I think that's the, you know, that, and WWE love doing that shit from time to time, that whole, no, this is too much, even for a street fight, this is too much, Johnny, no, God, Johnny, remember, you're... Well, then there was the one bit that I liked, where, before they did the move off the, like, oh, by the side of the ramp through the tables, I think Ciampa was beating up Gargano, and the ref was saying to him, it's enough, that's enough, and, and Ciampa said, it's never enough, I decide what is enough. Uh, I quite like that, but um, yeah, this, this was kind of the opposite of the 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 ricochet match. In that, the ricochet match I think was was really great as a again as as a story. You know, like you hear you hear talk about the psychology of wrestling, the storytelling of wrestling. I think that match was like extremely strong in that aspect. Whereas this one, I feel like the story was the weakest aspect of it. It was just a 
a, a fun street fight, you know. Um, this was kind of the this was kind of the rogue one, <laughs> where there was a lot of reference to things that I got, but yeah, it was good. It was, it was I I wouldn't go like you know five stars as as the first one got, but I didn't dislike. It. I I I thought as a match it was it was still very good, even if like many movies I wasn't a huge fan of the last few minutes of it. Um, and I I nearly wished that that they wouldn't have ended both shows like this one the last takeover with the Gargano Champa match not to say that the Lars Sullivan match should have gone on last but this one didn't feel like the first match kind of felt like it deserved to be the last match like the storyline it kind of earned it yeah and this one I, this one I'm not sure about but I still thought the match uh, the show overall was very good I think the only match that was kind of maybe not as good was the title match ironically and two of the matches I thought were like really excellent, which were, which were the first two. And that was Takeover. Even even though I was like kind of lower on it than than uh, yourself and some others, like I was still still good, still easy to watch. Uh, and we talked for right about the pacing of these shows. Just with the exception of the last match, which I thought was a bit long. Everything else got enough time to breathe and got all their entrances and their post-match celebrations in. Nothing was rushed. It wasn't four hours long. It wasn't 50 matches long. Uh, it was uh, It was great. So uh, even even the weakest takeover is still a good time. So uh, did anyone watch any of Money in the Bank? I have not watched one second of it. New. I watched, I watched one match from Money in the Bank. What you watch? I watched Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Oh yes, of course. How was that? That match was actually really great. I am pleasantly surprised Believe to hear it that. Or not. Um, yeah, because I remember we watched obviously WrestleMania this year. You had Ronda in the tag match with Stephanie Triple H and and Kurt Angle. This was kind of her her opportunity to stand on her own two feet and show like what she how good is she really. Uh, the answer is that she's uh, extremely good, <laughs> which is, I was kind of shocked by how natural she kind of is at everything. Um, not only in terms of actually doing the moves, because that's very kind of functional. You can learn that. But like, as you said earlier yourself, Barry, the the notes between the music, she has it down. Like her her facials, her pace of the match like perfect you know she she i don't want to resort to hyperbole but like she's really good she's like properly good in a way that i i never foresaw like, i tell you what i uh on this subject because yeah. i I'd, I'd heard this match was good now you're telling me it's good uh, yeah. i trust you implicitly I, I think I have a Michael Tarver esque L to take on this podcast here. Go on. Because um, if you recall, I don't know if you do recall. I think on our WrestleMania preview show, I, I well, I, th- my, I think we all said that she was gonna she's gonna shit the bed. If I recall, uh, yeah, I think I I think I said she was gonna shit the bed, and that her trying to do wrestling would be a tiny footnote in her life story. No. Whereas now it feels like I'm not going to say it's the main thing she'll be remembered for. Definitely not. I don't. I don't think as successful as she is likely to be. I don't think she will surpass her UFC fame. 
Um, but I think it's I think it's fairly evident based on on these early predictions. Also, I've watched the like if you've seen like the fan cams of her like her house show matches and like Geneva and stuff. Like she's great in those, doing hot tags and just being awesome. It seems pretty obvious that not saying she, she I'm not saying she'll be there for ten years and that she'll change the business. But it seems like this is going to be very successful for her and a significant portion of her athletic career. And I'll tell you what, the more I think about it, if they build her up for someone like Charlotte, she she may just end up being in the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania. I would, I, I, I would based on what I saw of her last uh, night, which is when I watched it, I would, um, I would almost go as far as to predict to predict that next year's WrestleMania would have Ronda in the main event. And probably get, it would probably be, get Charlotte. Yeah, I mean Charlotte seems like one or or definitely Ronda and someone I mean it's like um they 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 want they like doing their women's milestones, which is good. You know, they should. They've 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 pretty much done them all at this point. We're not we're now in the stage where they they've kind of become uh, annualized like they have the second money in the bank thing which is great now it's like now it's the norm which is what you should hope for um and it it really is after the royal rumble it really is the last real thing they have to do which is close wrestlemania and close wrestlemania on their own not close it in a mixed tag or close it in a uh you know a, a gimmicky thing but close it as w- woman versus woman um and they you you can tell they want to do that but you know they don't want to do it with something shite and hacky. Well, they don't, they don't want it to be kind of, you know, well, maybe they do. <laughs> they don't want it to be tokenistic. Um, and, I don't know, again, I don't want to overstate things, but I don't, based on what I've seen, I think she probably could have a really good main event match, you know? Um, yeah, I don't think it would be tokenistic if it was Charlotte versus um, Ronda. No, I think they would, like, that would be, prob- uh, they, yeah. would, <laughs> they would probably have one of the best matches on the show. Um, It'd be better than uh, any of Roman Reigns' main events. Ooh, and The Undertaker's match that he's inevitably going to have against The Rock or something. Oh, God. They're going to put... By the way, we didn't touch on this in the news. They're doing another stadium show this time in Australia, right? Which is fine. You know, whatever. Cool. It's going to be on the network again, like The Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, This one doesn't have a gimmick. It's just, hey, we're doing a stadium show. Uh, they're doing Triple H versus Undertaker on it for the last time. For End the of an era, they say. Last time, because fucking Undertaker might become a literal dead man during the course of the match. Do you oh, do you gonna, think that Post Malone will play him to the ring? Oh God! But it's just it, it's not rolling. It's just it's just Post Malone uh, going. Bong. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> That's what a lot of modern rap is, anyway. Yeah, that's what Post Malone is. It's like, an, you want to talk about cunts who are half dead on stage? Jesus Christ! Um, they're gonna oh, put. By the way, Jay, rest in peace to XXX Tenta Sean. Tenta Sean. Is he dead? Worked yourself into a shoot and got shot. That sucks. Um, Not to be confused with XXX Tentacles, which is a Google search result on my PC. Or, exhi- oh, oh. or Exhibit, who is a good boy. Or Exhibit, who oh, okay. will pimp your ride out. 
Um, don't say that. He doesn't like that anymore. Oh, um, they're they're going to have to... He was in um, uh, Gridiron Gang. There you go. Was he? He was. Oh, really? Well, you would know, I guess. I would know. That's a movie with The Rock in it. Therefore, I've seen um, it. They're going to have to put Undertaker on <laughs> in a, that. In a casket soon. <laughs> For real. They're going to have to put... They're going to have to put him on that little motorbike they used to drive Braun down to the ring at the Royal Rumble. Um, and, but instead of just bringing him to the ring, they're going to have to put an, a, an extra long leather jacket on Undertaker to conceal it. And he's going to be remote controlled by Vince uh, going, going through the match. A la that episode of Father Ted's. Um, uh, the, the, the was, was uh, in the wheelchair and, and, and Ted was controlling it <laughs> with the fake arms um, uh, and now and uh, now anything less than this will disappoint me um, well prepare to be disappointed then but uh, that is that is the, the, the wrestling news this but week do, so wa- do, watch the Ronda, do watch the Ronda Rousey match um, yeah, she, yeah she is really good That that's as far uh, as I'll go just to kind of not overstate but she is really good and the match was really good. There was one point where she did like a, a mad judo throw on Nia Jax. Not like a like, like a not like a side belly belly suplex, but one where she kinda held her to her side and Rhonda kinda leaned over, leaned over with Jax on like nearly lying against her, and she just kinda flipped and she threw her over. It's really cool. Um so do check it out. It's not a very long... It's 10, 12 minutes. But it's really good. So uh, we will be back. So I guess we, we'll we do another show on Sunday, I guess. Yeah? For for this week? Yeah. That'll keep the little SOBs. And on that one, we will talk about... Uh, uh, what's coming up uh, this week? I mean, obviously, we might have some more wrestle guff. We might have some more movie guff. I'm trying to think, is there any other movies out at the moment worth seeing? I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll have a, our, our, our usual guff. You can send us an email, chairshoppodcast.com, if you want to send us something about oranges or uh, what the fuck did Michael ask about? Oh, E3. Oh, yes, E3. E3. If you have thoughts on E3, if you have any video game thoughts, uh, maybe any thoughts about the the uh, speculation of new consoles and all that stuff? Any 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 of the guffs we discuss are, are perfectly fine to email us about, but also wrestling related stuff as well if you want. Uh, we'll talk about all that. We didn't even talk about M- MSG ROH falling apart, all that stuff. Too much to- too much to talk about. Not enough time, folks. Uh, so uh, uh, do pop back next week, and we'll we'll be doing all that fun stuff. So. Until uh, this weekend, it will be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It'll be goodbye from Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it'll be goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Bye.
I need to get my inhaler now. I didn't want to do the inhaler on the air. No, I don't want to ruin the gimmick. Huh? No, they know I'm a nerd. <laughs> My asthma's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to say on the life guff. How did I forget the most important part of my life guff this week? I I think I've broken or bruised one of my ribs and it's really painful. Oh, that's the sore on ribs. I can't like, like ro- I can't like roll over in bed or or sneeze or laugh. Uh, it hurts really bad. That's the thing. It takes time to heal cuz you're always breathing in and out and laying down and really stuff. bad because I, I what happened was really bad um we were, ha- we were having a barbecue just like a week and a half ago now um and i decided that me and my brother needed to have like a wrestle at the back of course so i say no striking though right <laughs> just is this in training for your appearance at the county fair i've wrestling? got i've got mike jackson in the octagon in a few weeks. <laughs> you, had a, you had a bigger crowd. I've only got to cut the, uh, what is it, 16 pounds. That would be good to go. Um, but uh, we, ha- we had one. I wasn't taking it so serious. He was taking it real serious. So he, he pinned me down the first time. And then I said, all right, well, I've got to get him back now. And I had him hooked behind the knees. Like I was going for a double leg. And I drove my shoulder yeah. into him. I was pushing him down. And he was trying to turn me over. And as we kind of went down, I don't know whether his elbow or his shoulder or whatever, but hit me hit me really hard in the sternum. Oh, <laughs> and I, I couldn't move. And it's like right, I don't know what I would say, 10, 10 centimeters below my throat on the right side is like really, a week and a half later is still really painful. Oh, this, this is entertainment, but the hazards are real. <sighs> I think I broke my sternum. Dislocated. Oh, wow. uh, just screwed into my spinal column. Anyway, I'll upload this right That's fast. Fun. And I'll see that. See that? See ya. Boop, boop.